0: Okay. That's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Welcome to The Stacks, a podcast all about books and the people who read them. Today we're talking social media strategies, branding, and books for leaders and entrepreneurs with Kali Cholodenko. Callie is the founder and creative director of Something Social, a social media and marketing company that is constantly navigating and innovating in the world of content. You can connect with Callie and something social in the show notes, and you can find details of everything we talk about on today's episode in the link in the show notes as well. Make sure to link up with the Stacks on social media at the Stacks pod on Instagram and at the Stacks pod underscore on Twitter and check out our website, thestackspodcast.com. If you follow us, you'll never miss out on upcoming events, fun giveaways, and so much more. If you're in the market for a book recommendation, you've come to the right place. Ask the Stacks is our segment where my guest and I will give you a book recommendation based on your tastes. To participate, email askingthestacks at gmail.com with your name, what you're looking for, and a few books you've liked or not liked. Then we'll suggest books for you live on air. So email askingthestacks at gmail.com. If you love the Stacks and want to support the work we're doing on the show, join the Stacks Pack on Patreon. That's a place where you can contribute to the work we're doing and you earn special perks just for you and inside access to this show like our virtual book club and a lot more. So join the Stacks Pack at patreon.com slash the Stacks. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast wherever you get your podcast and that you leave us a rating or a review. Now it's time for you all to meet Kali Cholodenko, social media guru and founder and creative director of Something Social. All right, everyone. Today we are here with Kali Cholodenko. She is the founder and creative director of Something Social, which is a social media and marketing company that's worked with some of the most major brands out from Waldorf Astoria to Skechers to Westfield. Callie is a major mover and shaker in the ever-evolving world of content. Callie, welcome to the Stacks. Thank you
1: so much for having me. So happy to be here. I'm
0: so excited you're here. I always do people's like professional intro, and then I'm like, can you just tell me about yourself? Because nobody cares.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Um, So I grew up in Los Angeles, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I had a lot of random internships and everything from... Um, being on the set of a soap opera in production Ooh. to fashion PR and nightlife and entertainment and sports, like all over the board. And it wasn't until I graduated and a friend of a friend was randomly hiring in social media that I decided to check it out. This was six, seven years ago. So it was before everyone and their mom and their sister and their friend right. worked in social. Okay. Um, but I I realized very quickly that social media was where kind of all my interests blended from photography to content to copywriting and being punny and witty and then also business development and branding and marketing and it all just blended together so nicely and that's kind of when I decided to continue to pursue social media. So why did you decide to go
0: out on your own?
1: So this was a, this was one where I had been working for this company for about six months and I had a friend who kept saying, you should do this on your own. You should do this on your own. And it was a little bit before the bubble of entrepreneurship, of course that already existed, but right. it was, it was a little bit before kind of everyone was starting their own businesses. Okay. So it seemed scary to me. It seemed like, well, I don't know insurance mm. and I don't know how to do this thing. And what, what about payroll? Like there were all these unknowns to me and it wasn't until, um, cycle house, which is a spin studio. I know in, that. Do you know yes. that I teach spin? No, I did not I know, know that. that. <laughs> Amazing. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> so the spin studio was like, listen, we need help with social media. We'll give you some spin for free. I was like, done. Um, <laughs> Can you do a strategy for us? So that's kind of how it started. And I'd never done a strategy before. I made it up. I don't it, know what that is. It was literally like a six-month game plan okay. for how they should live and breathe and exist and what to post okay. and when to post and how to post and kind of like a guideline that somebody could follow. Um, But it turns out they didn't have anybody who could follow it. Okay. So <laughs> that turned into a job offer to do their social media and marketing in-house. And I think I just took that as, okay, here's my opportunity. So kind of on a whim, I said, Rather than coming to for working for you in house, I'll start my own business and you right. guys can be my first client. And um, that's really how it how it started. And because there was such a community there, within two weeks, I had referrals for a dentist and a dermatologist, and mm. then a sports bar, and then makeup. And all of a sudden, I had you know six clients, and it was time to hire my first employee. Oh my gosh, that's
0: amazing! And you were a baby kind of when you started. I was twenty
1: three. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: I've I <laughs> did the math because I heard you on Lady Gang a while ago. Uh huh. And. And that episode, Becca's like, you're only 26. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, she didn't start her business yesterday. Like, carry the one. Hold on. So you just like went from college to this company, worked there six months, and then you were like, fuck this. I can do it myself. Pretty much. That is exactly how it happened. And it's still working. It's still,
1: thank God, knock on wood. It's still going strong. Um, obviously, in the last six years, social media has changed so So much much and exploded. So (laughs) it was, I always kind of say it was, you know, a combination of ignorance and good timing that. Led me to be able to create because you I did. weren't
0: like freaked out because you didn't exactly know. I
1: didn't know and I was like if this doesn't work I'll go get another job no big right. deal you're
0: like I'm twenty three Like yeah. doesn't everybody fail when they're twenty right. three that's amazing so before I guess before social media before you were like I'm gonna go work at the social media thing what did you think you wanted to do with your life
1: I think so growing up in Los Angeles I didn't know. How many jobs existed? Like that sounds silly, but all my friend's parents were in entertainment or they were in law or they were doctors and it didn't really click for me until I had internships like, oh, somebody can do branding. Oh, there's somebody in charge of not just personal publicity, but brand publicity. And right. my one of my internships was at um, IDPR. Okay. And originally I was on the talent side of things. And when I saw that there was a girl who was working in brand publicity, that was the first time that I was like, wait a minute, this is really cool. You kind of take these brands, you set up activations, you partner them with celebrities, you get their name out there. And, and, The wheel started to turn, I think, Mm. then that that was a potential avenue I could go because everything else I did, I had a concept of what events was going to be. I had a concept of what, you know, fashion PR was going to be. And once I got in there, I was like, okay, this is for whatever reason, not for me.
0: Right. And you do brands, but you also do people. Correct. Because for you, is a person a brand?
1: I absolutely think so. I mean, I think now in this day and age, people are launching companies or launching podcasts or launching businesses and they're building their own brand off of their name. And so ironically, you look at, you know, a lot of A-list celebrities who are well known and they're getting deals, but you look at their social and there's no story, there's no consistency because right. they're just going off their name. Whereas I think the reason influencers have been so popular is because they're building a super right. solid brand that if you are a business or you are a brand and you're looking to pay somebody to post for you, you're you're seeing pretty much on a silver platter, this is the content I am going to get. Whereas you're looking at a celebrity's Instagram, they might have a gazillion more followers, but mm. there's no consistency. And so things are a little less, you're a little less sure of what you're going to get by working with them. Right.
0: I'm one of those people. I don't really follow celebrities. Like I'm like not into seeing what – even like really curated celebrities. The like only ones I follow I think is like Will Smith
1: because he's like funny. He's done a great yeah. job and that's a guy who's built his brand who right. focuses on – And also you he's know, like hired like,
0: <laughs> like film directors to make his like Instagram videos. Yes.
1: And thank you. If any of my clients are listening, I hope they see and know that <laughs> that there is a film crew and film production yeah. following him around. It's crazy. But like – I,
0: yeah, I'm not super attracted to. Celebrities, mm-hmm. Like I don't really care. Like actors, I guess, is more what I mean. But it's true. Like if someone has like a really great looking feed, if it's like really pleasing, but I'm really into food people. Yeah. Because that's like like the hands shit where they're like, boom, like peeling a banana. And like here's yeah. how you make your food. And you're like, oh, this is so gratifying.
1: And I think that's one thing that's so cool about social too is that you don't have to be everything to everyone right. and you can really find your niche. And there are some people who want to watch people painting. Right. Or there's some people that want to, you know, there's that whole ASMR kind Kind of which movement, which freaks me out a little bit, but literally, people have millions of followers for squishing like goo in their hands or poking like a spongy thing yeah. because it's you know hashtag oddly satisfying to them, right?
0: Right? And like, yeah, another thing that I love is um interior design. Yes. Oh my god, like those love. like houses just that are like so delicious, like amber
1: interiors, amazing. Her stuff is just so pretty. Literally, goals. <laughs> if you look through all of my saved. Um, like collections on Instagram, it's literally all interior design and yeah. inspo and pillows and yeah, it's yeah. Just
0: like and like I don't even it's like not even something that my life is at all, but like I love looking at well, those nice pictures to look at, yeah, so pretty. But like, yeah, people I'm less into. I don't know why. But so, do you know about since you're on a book podcast? Do you know about Bookstagram? Are you familiar with this like niche
1: in the social media world? I I should be, but I am not. Well, if you're talking not about into it.
0: book, like if you're not like a book person, like. Actively booking all the time, but there's people, myself included, who have accounts that are all about books. So, like, the whole feed is basically like pictures of books, which before I was like, I'm going to do a book podcast, I was like, this is the weirdest place in the world. Like, who wants to look at pictures of books? But turns out books are really beautiful and like it's changed the way that. Publishers even design book covers, or like, you know, I, I, because of the show, like, I talk to a lot of publishers and publicists, and they talk about like, because they send out books for free for review, and like, the books that they send out, it's not just about the kind of book, but it's also about how pretty is the cover.
1: I think you're making such a good point because people ask us all the time, You know, how do I get people to post about my thing? Or how do I get people to post about my restaurant or my nail salon or whatever? And it really comes down to how shareable is what you're creating. And same thing for books. I mean, I know I'll start to see a certain cover everywhere. And because I'm seeing that cover, that color, that orange, that pink, whatever the color might be, I'm like, okay, I've seen this now so many times. I need to read this book. And I think it's actually really great that publishers and publicists and, you know, people in the industry are kind of savvy to that now because there is a piece of marketing that goes into everything. Right. And same thing. I mean, you look at a lot of very popular marketing books and they have like a bright yellow cover or they have something that stands out so that not only does it show on the shelf, but that it gives you something to be able to take a picture and talk about. Right. Totally. Yeah. So it's a
0: crazy, it's a crazy world, but it's like, the book, the bookstagram thing. Like most of my, many of my listeners are bookstagram people, so we talk a lot about it. But, and it's, I think it's a microcosm of the rest of social media, right? Like that it's like engagement matters and like you have to use all the different like, you know, stories and the algorithm and like all the same frustrations that I'm sure that like the people who are on The Bachelorette care about or whatever, you know, but it's like book. Specific.
1: Yeah. And I'm also seeing a lot of like influencers and bloggers will post a page of their favorite book or they'll post, you know, of course, quotes are such a big thing on Instagram now. But a way to get out of the monotony of just posting a quote is to take a picture of a book or take a, you know, I did that. Um, I'll, I'll talk about some of my favorite books, but I've done that before where I'm reading something and it's so inspiring. And rather than just typing it out, there's something about having the actual physical thing in your hand that you can take a picture of and post. And, to me, you know, aesthetic and creating beauty and the things I see in the world, I think is what continues to drive me to, and inspires me to create a feed and edit my photos and do all right. of that. And so if I can find that on a page of the book, then, you know, that's right. totally, great. Yeah. I th- What you're saying just made me think of something. So I read maybe
0: back in June, a thing that was saying that, um, ebook sales, like Kindle sales are really down, um, Compared to where they were like over the last few years. Um, audiobook sales have been up a lot. Mm-hmm. But I think some of that is people are going back to physical books because they're Instagrammable. Like you, it's not Instagrammable to post your like Kindle. Like who wants a screenshot of a <laughs> screenshot. So I wonder if like some of that comes from like, you know, wanting to be able to post. I think so, also some of it comes from wanting to unplug. Yes, And like being stressed and like wanting, like, I don't want my Kindle to do any, like I don't want any screen right now. I just want paper.
1: Yes. I think that there's a movement of we're on our screens 24 seven, we're on our phones, we're (sighs) on our computer. And to look at something that's, in a way, static, that's not glaring at me, that's not creating whatever right. it is that I'm right. seeing all day long, you start to develop like, you know, reaction, like the Pavlov's, you know, dog thing where you're having a reaction to the thing that's in your hand. And a Kindle could probably produce that for people that are on their phones 24-7. Because right.
0: it's connected to the internet.
1: Yeah. So like if you're like a news
0: junkie or something, I think you can like get like newspaper yeah. and stuff on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have one, but I think that that's how they work. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what do you feel like what do you see as like the new frontier in social media?
1: It's so tough because people ask me obviously all the time what's coming, what's next, and I really do follow the trend. So yeah, if in a year something new is there, I'll deal with it when it comes. Got it. Right now, of course, video is like the talked about thing. Mm. Video, video, video. But I always kind of say, if you look at the app itself, you look at Instagram, it's basically handing you on a silver platter, what features are going to continue to be most important just by the updates they're making. And I think people choose for whatever reason, not to pay attention to that. But if you look at Instagram, the two kind of newest there's a lot of newest updates, but two of the big ones are that you can post IGTV directly to your feed, mm-hmm. so you can see. Okay, great. Instagram is favoring IGTV in the algorithm. The more videos I post there, and the more that I post that to my feed, the better Ooh. my content's going to perform. And then number two, they just reached. Um, they just released the chat feature on Instagram Stories, where you can actually have like a quote unquote group chat with up to thirty one people. Uh, uh, in your Instagram I story, I that it, right. That. And it's brand new. <laughs> and to me, what that says is the same way that they keep saying Facebook is going into groups, groups, groups. Instagram, they're really trying to get you to cultivate community. Mm. The the accounts that have community, the bloggers, the YouTubers, all those people that do so well, it's because they have a cult following. And I think they're trying to show, hey, brands, it's not just about getting to the masses because, hey, everybody's engagement's down. Everybody's getting less likes, less comments. everyone's true? Compl- Everyone. Yes. And everyone's complaining about it saying, I don't understand why I'm not getting the likes anymore. So I think their solution to that is, okay, this mass market. Not that it's done, but it's getting harder and harder. So go back to focusing on niche, focus on community, Mm. get raving fans. They might be fewer, but they might be more powerful for you and turn into brand ambassadors. So I think continuing to cultivate your niche audience, it's the same reason, you know, podcasts are able to go do live, right? you know, the lady gang's doing like a lady hang because then they're able to actually see their people in the flesh. Right.
0: That's so interesting. Why do you think that they are like turning away from like bigger brands or like bigger
1: accounts. I think one of the problems is that there's just so many people doing cool things on social. Mm-hmm. Back like when Cycle House first started, literally all I had to do was post a good photo and post it consistently and we grew. Right. And now there's, I mean, hundreds of millions of accounts that are cool and putting out good content and putting out consistent content. And so it's it hits like a critical mass, you know, a Ooh. critical point where yeah, sure, you can have ten million followers, but are they engaged? Are they spam accounts? Are they Bots? Are they inactive accounts? And so to compare your ratio of how many followers to likes you're getting is just uh, it's problematic right. for people these days. So the solution is, okay, well, let's go niche and let's go group. Do you think
0: that people will get frustrated like because it's a ton of work? To like make an account and make it pretty and engage with people and comment and have new content every day and have your story and your poll and your response and your, you know, like (laughs) it's a nightmare. I mean, I do my own social media and I'm literally like, just, I need to make more money so I can hire Callie to like take over because this is exhausting. (laughs) But do you think that people who do their social media, like maybe they have a small brand or like they have a small thing that they do, but they also like, run their actual company and like this and that. Do you think that it's going to discourage them from being on the platforms
1: like because it's so hard and it's not like worth the return on investment? I do. I think it's a problem that the platforms are going to continue to face. That's also why social media managers is a whole new industry of people. And there's so many ways of, I mean, we see it all the time. There's so many ways of managing an account from, you know, the massive companies that charge 20 grand retainers to, you know the girl that just graduated college who says, give me a hundred bucks a month and I'll run your Instagram. And part of the problem is it's really the wild, wild west. There's no standard. There's no consistency. So we'll take over accounts. And I'm like, what was your company doing before this? And then on the flip side, you know, there's only so much that we can do given certain resources. So I do think that it's a problem that the platforms are facing. I don't think it means this account won't be active, but who's managing that account is the owner of that account. Even active? Are they checking it? Are they right. on their DMs? Um, so yeah, it's certainly, right. you know. Because I feel like a lot of
0: accounts that I follow, like
1: in the book world, have stopped posting
0: to their feed. Mm-hmm. They're kind of just like over it. They're like, I don't really post, like, it's not fun anymore. It's not like what it used to be. So I wonder if we're gonna see like more of that in <sighs> other spheres.
1: Well, I think that comment of it's not what it used to be, I hear it all the time. Right. And Part of me wants to just say to everyone like get over it. It is what it is. Right. It's so you got it. It's always changing. You can't hold on to what a platform was 2 years ago that's only been around for, you know, years. A, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like so you have to kind of be flexible and fluid and sure, yes, every time the algorithm changes, is it a bummer because we have to restrategize for all of our clients, of course. Right. But at the same time, that's the industry that we've chosen. It's not TV, it's not radio, it's not billboards, you know? And if anything, social is the one platform that you can have a direct two-way conversation with your audience. Like you can, in what other world can a a, a random person that's in another country DM you and get a response, you know? Right. So I think that if people are using it for that reason to engage with their audience, it's the most magical way of doing so in marketing. You just have to use it right that makes so much sense. I love
0: that. You're so positive. I love it. You're like, no, it's working. Don't worry. I mean, I guess you have to be because that's like your whole life. We have this conversation every (laughs) Every day. day. How do you know when an algorithm's changed?
1: You can kind of tell. Um, You can see just by, I mean, we're tracking engagement every single day. So we're seeing how content is performing and we can see, okay, two weeks ago, this was happening and nothing has changed on our end so clearly something has changed on mm-hmm. their end when you're testing things on your own side you're testing video ads influencer you can kind of see the needle move a little bit differently but when you're when you're keeping your strategy very consistent mm-hmm. and the engagement or the reach or the impressions is changing so drastically week right. over week it's kind of a given and then how do you figure out what they're looking for cuz the algorithms are kind of like looking
0: for you to do something
1: right so it's a little bit of reading between the lines i mean we do a a lot of research. I read a lot of blogs. Um, you know, our, my team is constantly like in the interwebs reading what right. people are saying about the platforms. Um, but also I think again, paying attention to what the platforms are doing themselves. Like okay. when Instagram first came out with a feature where you could like somebody's comment, mm-hmm. it's like, ding, ding, ding. They want you to engage with your audience. Right. Duh. Right. So. I'm going to go a step further instead of liking it. Now you can respond to everybody's comment. Then right. it switched to where your response was like immediately under that comment rather than at the bottom of every right. single comment. So you kind of do have to read between the lines, but if you pay attention to what the platform itself is doing, it kind of clues you in.
0: Yeah. That's so interesting. And what what social media blogs are you like into? If people like want to be reading what you're reading.
1: Yeah. We read like – um TechCrunch. I read Later actually has a really great blog. They have a lot of good content that they put out there. Checking Instagram. you
0: know? okay, Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. I mean, we're going to move slightly away from social media. Slightly. Because I feel like it's going to infiltrate all your answers, I think. That's some true. of them at least. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last And we're going to move towards books. So we do this thing on the show called Ask the Stacks where someone will send us an email. They're asking us for a book recommendation. And I have to warn you, this week, um, I'm going to fail big time. So (laughs) it's a warning. Um, This email – so they send the email to askingthestacks at gmail.com. So if you guys want your book recommendations read on the air, email us at askingthestacks at gmail.com. And myself and whoever my guest is will do our best. Um, So this week, it comes from Kendra from Boston. And she says, I really enjoy your podcast and it has actually made me start reading more. Yay, Kendra. Um, I'm looking for a book that is basically a romantic comedy in book form. I read a lot of Emily Giffin. Uh, my favorite things, my favorite being something borrowed and something blue. I like light stories, nothing too devastating. So, Kendra, like, thanks for emailing. If you've listened to the show, you know that literally that's the opposite of everything that I read. So, <laughs> All the books I'm going to recommend to you are truly books I've not read but heard good things about from people that I trust. So one is The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang, and it's a rom-com, and it's like I think a little steamy. That's what everybody says. It's like a little steamy, which – like. Hello. Here for it. And then Jasmine Guillory is a romance writer and she's written three books. So her first one was The Wedding Date. The second one was The Proposal. And the third one was The Wedding Party. And I haven't read it, but Renee at Book Girl Magic is obsessed, obsessed, obsessed with her. So I co-sign anything Renee says. Then my last one just came out. It's called Red, White, and Royal Blue. And it's by Casey McQuiston. And it is a story of like the first son in America and a royal prince who fall in love. It's like a gay rom-com, which I think like is kind of hot. So those are my three for you. I haven't read them, but I do own some of them. So they're like books that maybe I would consider reading. So basically you have to read them all, Kendra, and then tell me if any of them are any good.
1: (laughs) Okay, your turn, Callie. Okay, this is a tough one because I am i don't think rom-com is also my okay. necessary category. <laughs> um, I actually have heard that Red, White, and Royal Blue is a good one. I've heard so it's really good. I'm going to second that. Okay. Um, Also, I've heard The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary is a good read. Okay. And Crashing the A-List okay. by Summer Heatcock. Okay. Another one that's not totally different category, but I do think it's a really light read. And even though it's not a rom-com, it has... I don't know. Maybe it could satisfy some sort of similar okay. vibe. Vibe. Okay. Um, is the universe has your back by Gabrielle Bernstein, okay. and it's totally in a different category, but there's definitely some elements of romance. Also, just falling in love with yourself mm. and self exploration, self love, self healing. So it's a light read. It's really kind of motivating, and you've read it's good it. vibes, and I have read it. So yes. of
0: all the books we just recommended, it's the only one either of us has read. So probably start there. <laughs> Um, okay, amazing. Let's do it. Uh, we're gonna go to the stacks questions. We're starting where we always start. Two books you love and one book you hate.
1: Okay, two books I love Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Mm, we did that on the show. Love. Yes, yes, yes. So good. Um, and then also The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. Okay, yeah, of course. Classic. Um, classic. A book. Okay, so I don't have a book that I hate. Okay. One book that I would like to. I've been trying to read it because everyone suggests it and I've heard so many amazing things and it's the subtle art of not giving an F. Mm -hmm. Um, I have tried to read it. There are so many (laughs) F-bombs in the beginning of this book and I don't know if I've just become more sensitive to it and I was listening to it on audio so that might have done something different. Mm. So I don't hate it but I haven't been able to get over the hump of reading it yet. Okay. That's fair. Yeah.
0: I'm that book is like a turnoff to me, just a cover. I don't know. I don't like the asterisk saying it like it's like a noise. It's intense. Yeah. I'm just like, eh. um, and also I feel like right now, like in the world, we're in such a place where people like don't care yeah. or like feel like it's too hard to care because there's like so much to care about. And I just don't like that message.
1: Yeah. Do you know what I'm I mean? I'm with you. I'm curious. That's why I wanted to read it because I'm curious to know if the, title is misleading yeah um but i don't know you guys will have to let me know yeah
0: (laughs) Uh, it won't be me someone else will let you know (laughs) we're linking to all of callie's social media accounts and stuff in the show notes so you can really reach out to her and harass her and tell her how much you love the book or whatever um what's the last really like great book you read
1: one of the books that i think has had a really big impact on me that i read pretty recently at least within the last year is thrive by Ari- ariana mm, huffington okay. and i think again just with the the way that we are right now we're so plugged in we're on our phones 24/7 i think it was a good kind of check for me to see what it really is doing to us and I'm, you know, I'm in this world of hustle, hustle, hustle and whoever's sleeping the least is doing the best. And, you know, who can work the hardest and the longest. And Mm. especially for me as a business owner, sometimes I feel like if my team sees that I'm enjoying myself, they're going to think, oh, she doesn't work and we're doing all the work where. Chances are they're probably thinking the opposite of like, girl, go take a take minute, over. you know? Um, but I think we do, like, I put a lot of pressure on myself to constantly be busy and working and and reading her book was a really good reminder to take a step back, mm-hmm. to slow it down, to see that doing it the opposite way can actually be more more beneficial. There were a lot of good, a lot of good posts, a lot of good <laughs> stories came with, you know, quotes yeah. from that book. So well, how do you, how do you unplug?
0: What do you do? Do you, what, how do you get rid of your phone?
1: Meditation is a huge thing for me. The last, um, probably two, three years, I really, really have gotten into meditation and I genuinely don't know how I would get through my day, my week, my life without it. Um, just having that moment in the morning, you know, I try to do it every morning for 20 minutes. Oh, that's a if, long time. If Good I, for you. thank you. If I'm hustling or I'm running or, you know, I woke up late, then I'll make a point to do it at night. Um, every once in a while I skip a day, not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that time to, Just sit and be and go inward. I think a lot of people say, I can't sit. I can't, you know, stop my thoughts for 20 minutes. And my response to that is always like, that's not the point. The point isn't to shut your brain off. The point is to just be and settle and get yourself, get your brain into some sort of alternate patterning for a Mm -hmm. minute. That's not, you know, go, go, go all the time. Right. And do you like set times in your day where you're
0: like, no phone, no screen?
1: as much as i would like to say i've (laughs) i've been saying for the past two years since reading thrive that i'm not gonna bring my phone into my bedroom Uh, and i'll go through like a week at a time where i'll plug it in in the other room and then i'll go into my bedroom but you know i it definitely gets the best of me and i take it in and i I watch myself scroll for endless amounts of time doing nothing at, at all um at night so i Currently don't have any quote unquote no screen time. Yeah. But I really a goal of mine is to put it away right. before I go into marriage. Because you'll have
0: to find a balance that works for you. And it's probably not realistic for you, someone who like that's so much part of your life to just be like, don't have it. Right. Like it seems crazy because that's your world.
1: Yeah, it's tough, especially with clients. You know, they're texting me all the time Mm. and they're expecting a response that's part of the service is that we're always available. And, you know, social media is not... It's not brain surgery, but at the same time, if a post goes up that wasn't supposed to go up or something is said that wasn't supposed to be said, it is an emergency to our right, clients. Or right. if there's a customer service issue and we don't see it for 24 hours, like that's a problem. Right. Um, so obviously I have my team and they're amazing and they handle what they handle. Uh, but there definitely is an element of needing to constantly be reachable. Right. And how, wait, how many employees do you have? 11. Wow.
0: Holy yeah. shit. That's a lot of people. <laughs> oh my
1: God. They're okay, awesome. Back to books. What are you reading right now? Um, so I am currently reading, I just started Radical Candor by Kim Scott. I don't know that. It is about, um, it's, I, I think it's a lot about, it's about being a power, uh, a powerful leader okay. and being an effective leader, but also not losing yourself mm-hmm. in it. And so not losing your sanity. So I think there's a theme here, right. um, of how to effectively lead a team and manage a team without going crazy, Mm -hmm. um, just started that. And then I'm also – I've been reading Rubies in the Orchard by Linda Resnick. I don't know that either. That one was a recommendation to me by somebody actually who works at the Wonderful Company. They started um, like Palm Wonderful, Fiji Water. And she just has such a unique – view on kind of how to find like your niche and why you know where to invest and where to spend your time and your energy and your resources that maybe other people would think is crazy so so far I've been really enjoying it
0: I'm so excited you're here because I just feel like you're gonna tell us so many books that we don't normally (laughs) talk about I'm so
1: excited um Let's see. Oh, what are some things maybe you're looking forward to reading? I still have not read Shoe Dog and it's been on way. my list for so long. And I think they might be making it a movie. Oh, um, that's I'm the not Phil sure. One? That's the Phil Knight okay. one about Nike. Yeah. yeah. So that's been like on my to-do list for so long. So <laughs> I really want to commit to reading Shoe Dog. That's the book that like Every, like, hot guy like yeah. me. Like, it's, like, <laughs>
0: yeah. it's like, oh, I'm this hot guy just I'm red just shoe, shoe dog. <laughs> yeah, I just really love Nike. Like, okay, guy, you and no one else in the world. Did you discover Nike on your own, hot guy? Right. <laughs> Totally. Not that unattractive men don't read it. Also, I just feel like it's like very like I'm on the Bachelor. It's like a thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, can you tell the Bachelor's really on my mind? Do you watch the I,
1: I wish I did. I don't. Oh I see the social everything.
0: It's really on my mind because we're recording right now on July 22nd, and this week is like the second to last week. Oh boy! So I'm like really can't wait for tonight. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, um, how do you pick a book? Like how do books come into your world? Is it through social media? Is it like friends recommendations? Do you read about them elsewhere?
1: Yeah, a little bit of both. So definitely friend recommendations, also business advisor and people that I look up to in the business Mm. world. You'll sense a theme here with all of my books. Most of them are towards some sort of business education. You know, You don't know what you don't know. And so that's kind of what I found through all of these books. Um, also podcasts. I really like the skinny confidential. Her Mm -hmm. podcast is great and she's a really nice balance of health and wellness, but also she's very savvy. Her and her husband are very business savvy and they have a ton of great book recommendations. I know her husband's a big reader. Um, also Tim Ferriss. That's another podcast I listen to. Uh I'll Google, you know, Tim Ferriss book list. Um, so yeah, podcasts and friends. We love podcasts around here,
0: <laughs> especially ones that talk about
1: books. Uh, what was the last really good book that was recommended to you? I don't know if this was the last, but it was the it was actually one of the first business books that was recommended to me that I think is worth mentioning, which is the E-Myth Revisited*. Okay, um, it's by Michael E. Gerber, and that really breaks down. I mean, it's the e-myth revisited the myth of being an entrepreneur Mm. and it kind of demystifies this like, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and start a business and run around and like live my life. And it's like, no, there's the entrepreneur who has the vision, but there's also like the doer of the job. And then there's the manager and then there's the visionary. And for example, if you're a baker and you make, you know, you bake cakes and you work at this bakery and you're like, I'm going to do this on my own you're probably not going to spend much time baking because now you have right. to lease a place and hire and you're dealing with taxes. And so it just right. kind of debunks the idea of I'm going to go out and like frolic in the world as an entrepreneur. And I think it's an important read for people that are making that decision for themselves.
0: So next week we're going to talk about Work Party by Jacqueline Johnson. She's the creator of Create and Cultivate among like other things. After reading her book, I've learned much about her. But um, I think we'll talk a bunch about like entrepreneurship and all that next week. So we'll kind of pause this conversation because I have a lot that I want to talk about. Yeah. So next week and that week, next week we won't have spoilers because there's really nothing to spoil in the book. So if you haven't read it yet or you're on the fence or you're kind of like want to know what's in the book, definitely tune in next week. Um, okay. What's a book that you like to recommend to people?
1: I would say probably Emith Revisited. Yeah. Don't to repeat my answer, okay. but I think people ask me for book recommendations kind of in the vein of business advice. So I'm going to go with that one.
0: And it was just, it really was like powerful for you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. I'm going to read it. Cool. I'm an entrepreneur or something.
0: I don't know. Still working on that. Oh, and
1: I should also mention where I get my book recommendations obviously is the Stacks podcast.
0: (laughs) Thank you. We didn't pay her to say (laughs) that, but hashtag not Spawn (laughs) Con. What about reading goals? Like, Do you prioritize reading in your life? Do you set goals on how many books you want to read or like how many pages you want to read or what kind of books or anything like
1: that? I would like to be more consistent, I think, with my book goal setting. Right now, I kind of save books for vacation. Okay. Um, And as much as I would like to say, I'm traveling all the time. I'm really not. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I do find that when I'm on vacation is when I do feel a little bit less pressured to be doing something else. Right. And that's definitely a self-inflicted pressure. I'm not the busiest, most important person in the world. Sure. Of course, I could be dedicating an hour, two hours a week to reading the same way I do to meditation. Um, But right now with my downtime, it's either spent like knocked out or <laughs> I am, you know, with friends or family or meditating. So right. I would say for goals, one of my current goals is honestly just to increase my reading. Um, my Pilates instructor, shout out Pilates by Amanda, is doing a, <laughs> a book club. And oh, I think cute. it's such a cute idea for people in like various, you know, places or ways of knowing each other to start doing little book clubs. So yeah. I'd like to bring that a little bit more into my life.
0: That's so good. My advice always for people who want to read more is like what you do with your meditation, like set a time. What I do is I put my phone on airplane mode. Like especially recently, I've had a really hard time focusing. So what I'll do is I'll set my timer for like one hour because sometimes I fall asleep when I read. Sorry, it happens even to a professional reader. (laughs) Um, But I'll put my phone on airplane mode or do not disturb and I'll put – the timer on and I'll get really comfy and I'll get like all my snacks or whatever I want, my water, my tea, whatever it is, my blankie, go outside, get in the hammock, whatever it is, I'll get all set up and I click start. And then it's like I have one hour. Yeah. But if you do that with, for 20 minutes, but the key is like you have to go pee before, you have to get your water, you have to get your snack, you have to do all the things that are going to get in your way before so that when you set that time, you're like, okay, this is my 20 minutes of reading. And you'd be shocked How much like I don't people are always like, How how do you read so much? And I'm like, I don't read more than an hour a day, probably, like all in. Some days more, but like I like I read 60 books this year and I pretty much read about an hour a day, like on average, and that's it. But I take my hour very seriously. Yeah. Like I'm like, that's that's it. It's my hour. And sometimes I have to break it up, but like it is the same kind of thing, like a fitness class or whatever. You're not gonna go if you're not scheduling your flywheel class or if you're not, you know, making sure that your running shoes still fit and all of that and like setting yourself up for success, you won't. It doesn't work. So...
1: I love that. And I think exactly like you said, it's the same way for you schedule a meeting, you schedule your workout routine, right. you schedule your date night, you schedule whatever it Meal is. Meal prep, whatever. Meal prep. Yeah. yeah. You have to do it. And the way that you're describing it too is like you're creating a little sanctuary for yourself yeah. and a little, you know, peaceful environment right. to then be able to just sit down and read. I yeah. love that.
0: And some people like, I can't always read in my bed because I will definitely fall asleep. But like I tell people, if you have space in your house and you're a person who needs like a special space, like get a special reading chair and put like a yeah. cute little table and get like the lamp that you love and like the you're reading blanky, and like make your space because it it's just like every other habit. You can get into it and like once you get your stride, you're like, oh, great. Like reading time, I can't wait. Like now if I don't read like a page in a day, I'm like, I have to read at least one page today. Like I have to read every single day.
1: I so love that. I'll be like
0: in bed like my husband will be like, you're tired. I'm like, I know I just have to read one page. <laughs> one so page. So <laughs> Because I'm crazy. Um, are there any books that you reread? Are you a rereader?
1: I'm not much of a rereader. I I'm trying to think if there's ever been a book that I've reread. I've thought about rereading um, Year of Yes just mm-hmm. in like few, like as I was reading it, I was daydreaming about reading it like, like again in future. Same thing with Thrive. Actually, I've, I said to myself while I was reading this. Do yourself a favor and remember to read this at mm. least once a year because I know that, you know, there's so much. This is the other problem with me in reading. There's so much content I'm consuming all day long, whether it's social or work or this or that or movies or TV or podcasts or whatever it is that I think it goes like in one ear out the other. And these books that have had a pretty profound impact on me, I don't want to lose that. And you know, it's not realistic to think I'm going to remember every single thing that I read. But during both of those books, I said to myself, make sure you read this once a year. Let's see. So obviously, you're into
0: business books and like kind of like business books. Also, like maybe like self-helpy. Not like self-help. I feel like it's such a negative connotation, but kind of. Yeah, that that genre, that genre, mm-hmm. self self business yes. advice kind yes. of thing. Are there any books or genres that you don't read
1: that you're like not into? I never really got into like the crime novel okay. thing um, or like mystery yeah. murder that type of genre. Yeah. Not because I'm anti. I just. Just never got, got into it screen. i watch that type of show sometimes on okay. tv um but from a book perspective i never quite got into the crime yeah, novel neither. i'm not su-
0: i'm into true crime mm. like a real story mm-hmm. i'm into but i'm not into like girl on a train or whatever right like, right I'm not into that um how do you
1: organize your books or do you i have them by let's see I do them by size okay. in some bookshelves. Some like decorative books I organize by color. Okay. Um or I organize by either color or size. Okay. Um and then novels like you know, reading books, I I do by by size. Okay. Yeah.
0: I've never heard of do by size before. Because
1: I like, you know, I don't like yeah. when they're all, yeah, yeah, yeah. all over the place.
0: I do color, but my colorful books are in the other room. My black and white books are in the room where we're near where we're sitting. But now I have not enough shelves so now they're just stacked up everywhere. Um, shit happens. <laughs> um, let's see. what's like what what's a how do you like to be when you're reading? like what's your ideal reading setup? Obviously on vacation, are you on the airplane? Are you at the
1: beach? Are you in a cabin? Definitely relaxed. I like to be relaxed when I'm reading. Um, I or in transit, really, those two things. So love a book on a plane. Love a book on a plane. Love a book. I don't really take trains that much, but if I did, I'd probably like one. Mm -hmm. Uber, same thing. I'll listen to. I would say, can you read in the car? Audio. Audio. I'll do audio. Yeah, I can't read. I'll get nauseous. People who can read in the car, Mm I am so jealous of you, humans. Yep, it's unreal.
0: Not driving, obviously, passenger seat.
1: Correct. (laughs) That would be quite a skill. Yeah, no, it's so amazing. I do audio books in the car on a plane and then vacation. Okay. Yeah. Good, good, good. And what
0: about, let's see. Oh, Oh, I love these. Okay. What, um, what's the last book
1: that made you cry? Okay, so I don't cry. Anyway. Like I don't even know that I've cried in a movie and I feel like I want I'm like that I'm like that episode of Friends where Chandler like can't cry because nothing makes me cry when it comes to movies or reading. So I cannot remember a book.
0: That's okay. I
1: know it's happened. okay, but I cannot remember a book that has made me. Do you cry, cry
0: in life? like in frustration or anger or sadness? Like, or are you just pure no cry?
1: I, my crying has been on a similar trajectory as my meditation. Okay. So the more I think in touch with my own emotions I have become, the more I am open to crying. Historic, <laughs> open to crying.
0: I feel like open to crying sounds like open to meeting someone, <laughs> like open to a relationship.
1: <laughs> Historically, I've cried really only out of like, Deep overwhelm. Okay. So when I get to it, when I hit a breaking point of like, I can't do this anymore or stress or fear of failure, that's usually when the tears come out. But lately, I've been very proud of myself. I've been crying because I am happy for a friend or I've cried even if I've heard sad news. Historically, I just not, but a little bit more these days. Well, you're getting older. I think this happens too. I know. You're you're still a baby, but you're (laughs) maturing. I
0: feel like as I get older. I cry more. And like my mom and my aunt, all they do is cry. It's amazing. Wow. It's like, it's like, oh, it's Wednesday, ah. <laughs> <laughs> My um, mom's the same. Yeah. I feel like as you get it's older, like thing. maybe you have kids. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Um, what about the last book that made you angry? Oh, I, I think the subtle art of, I'm not it yeah, thought. that kind of made, I was like, Ugh, I'm annoyed with this. So sorry. <laughs> okay. What about the last book that brought you joy? Year of Yes was so fun. I hate that I keep saying the same book. Um, Sorry, guys. Such a repeat offender. But it, I was like dancing along with that book. That book I was so just good. on. And I think also listening to it with her voice mm-hmm. and like her personality. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, yes, like I love this.
0: You have to go back and listen. We did an episode on I'm it. I'm going and to. It's, really, it's a really fun. We did it with one of my best girlfriends. We grew up together and she's like a stylist in LA and she's like crushing it but has two daughters and it's like, it's really good. Amazing. I will um, listen. Not, I don't. Not to toot my own horn. It's really mostly about Ashley. But uh, what's a book where you felt like you learned a lot?
1: Um. Well, we're gonna talk about work party because okay. I think there was some gems in that one. Um. And then I also think uh, Ruby's in the Orchard so far that I've been okay. listening to. I feel like I'm learning a lot. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Let's see. Oh, what about a book that you're embarrassed to have read? Okay. So (laughs) I feel equal parts embarrassment and also like I was ahead of the trend on this one. So when I was reading it, I was not embarrassed. It wasn't until later and it became what it became. But I read all of the Fifty Shades. Yes and i remember distinctly i was abroad in london it was my junior year of college mm-hmm. and my friend was like my mom which is now funny thinking about it she's like my mom said we have to read this book <laughs> and we were <laughs> lol <laughs> and we were abroad and we were in london and like we had a lot of downtime you know some of the times where we were traveling a lot on planes a lot and i was like you know what sure let's give it a go and i swear to god like no one had heard of this book it was not a thing like i was reading it on the subway because no one knew what you it was embarrassed yet. <laughs> I was so obsessed with these books that I would go to, like we'd go to like a group dinner and I would go to the bathroom and like read a couple pages oh my God. or I would be late to dinner or late to class or late to something because oh I was like, God. I just need two more pages. Oh it was, I, I honestly cherished that time before it became <laughs> what it became because after that I was like, oh no, whatever. It's so stupid. Yeah. But when I read those books, man.
0: I love them. I read into them. Into it. So not me. And I read them on vacation. And I was very into it. Very into it. It was good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What about a book that you're embarrassed that you've never read? You know, I think... There are some like classics that everyone Mm -hmm. will... You know, I don't have one on the top of my head, but I either I read it in college or I don't remember reading it. There's a lot of those that I'm like, I know I read this book, man, but I can't remember remember it. So there are some times where people are in conversation. They're like, oh yeah, that one's a classic. And I'm like, yeah, 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 totally. I totally
0: love it. No, that's... that's (laughs) I feel like that my list of books that I'm embarrassed about not having read or like books that I feel like I should have read by now is so incredibly long that I've just, now I'm to the point where I'm like, meh, meh. Like I don't, I'm probably never going to read it just to make a point. Like I haven't read that in your face. Um, Oh, do you have any favorite books that were assigned to you in school that you do remember? Oh,
1: yes. The Outsiders.
0: (gasps) Oh, so good. What, do you remember what year you read that? Do you have any recollection? Oh
1: man, I know it was, I know it was high school. Oh, it was. Okay. Yeah. I know it was high school or maybe it was Younger than – I think it was younger. I think it was fifth grade now that I think of – fifth or sixth grade. That's I think when I read it. Yeah. I think it was fifth or sixth grade. I don't remember, but that one – So good. I remember really liking Have it. Have you but, seen yeah. the movie? No, I haven't it's seen like the movie. It's
0: like all – well, now they're all old, but it was like, like – I think Tom Cruise is in it. It's like young Tom Cruise and like young – it's like they're babies then – but now they like all grew up to be like famous actors. Oh, wow. I haven't seen him have in to years, go see it. but I yeah. remember when I, after we read it, like I saw it a few years later and I was like, he's famous. Yeah. Like, he's a stud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you were a teacher, what would you assign in school? Is there a book?
1: Ooh. Well, based on the theme of my books that I'm sharing now, I do think I would assign a few that weren't necessarily fiction or nonfiction, but a little bit more along the lines of like personal development. Mm. Because I think that's something that people don't start. To, and granted, when you're young, it's it's newer, you don't really know who you are. But I think to plant the seed of like, no, figure out who you are yeah. rather than going outside of yourself and looking at, you know, my friends doing this, especially these poor kids with social media yeah. now. I don't even know. That's I mean I was just gonna I can't you. even imagine. So to be to have that influx of like what other people are doing and other people are wearing and other people seeing, I do think it's really important that the concept of like discover who you are for yourself mm. is, is brought up a lot. Yeah. So I would probably do like a personal development. Something. For
0: people who are listening, who are parents of like teenagers or for not that teenagers listen to this podcast, I would be kidding myself <laughs> if I thought I was big in like the 16 to 18 demo, but, um, What do you say to them about social media? Like how can they protect their kids? But also like you kind of want your kid to have social media so that they know how to do it by the time they like get to college and like businesses look at social media accounts when they hire and like – if you don't have one, that's as much of a red flag as if you're like doing a bump of Coke off a stripper. Like, right. Like both things are bad.
1: Well, I think it's a reality that as technology changes, you know, I'm sure our parents, parents felt that way with like TV. Right. And I'm sure people felt that way with the radio. Like every right. time there's a new technology, I think there is a concern. I mean, even, you know, there's a lot of different genres of podcasts. There's a lot with swearing and this and that. So right. any media consumption is going to affect how right. your children grow and age. I think with social media, it's important that you're at least having the discussion of, okay, you're seeing a highlight reel. I think that's the piece that people Mm. forget is you're not seeing people's worst days. You're seeing their highlight reel, their best moments, their successes. They're, you know, you're not. And now I get it. There's a movement of like Instagram versus reality, but even those are curated. Those are bullshit too. Yeah, yeah. And even, you know, there there is a movement now. I love this. The Gen Zers are doing like the anti-aesthetic. So instead of posting like, beautiful curated photos. They're posting like bad, like poorly edited, like not well lit, like mm-hmm. selfies. But there's a whole, I mean, there's a lot that to be said about that too. So I think the biggest thing is to be having the conversation with your kid about, you know, what they're seeing versus what the reality of the, the world is and just be, have an honest dialogue about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's tough.
0: tough. I, have, I know. I'm like terrified. I don't want to have kids. Uh- <laughs> Okay, we'll do this last one. So I stole this from the New York Times. Um, it's one of my favorites. If you could require the current president of the United States to read one book, oh. what would it be? Oh. <laughs> it's a hard one. I know.
1: That is a really hard one. Mm-hmm. Like be a nice human. Um <laughs> is there a book on we that? need to write that book. Let's write that book. Um, let's go with Thrive. Okay. Yeah. Let's go with Thrive. Be a nice human also. Also thrive.
0: You're you're going to write that book for us Perfect. so you can send Great. it over there. Um, okay. Well, that's it for us today. I will link to everything Callie talked about in the show notes as well as Callie's social and her social media account for her business, Something Social. And then next week we'll be back to discuss Work Party by Jacqueline Johnson. Um, it's a business advice life. I don't know. It's like kind of a few genres, maybe mixed up in one very woman focused, lady focused, girl power type vibe. Um, so we'll be doing that next week. We won't have spoilers. So don't worry if you haven't read it and you don't plan on it, you can check it out and then you're going to hear our episode and want to read it. So that'll be easy for you to do. Um, Callie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. And we will see you guys in the stacks. All right, that does it for us today. Thank you guys so much for listening, and thank you again to Callie Cholodenko for joining us. Callie will be back next week to discuss Work Party by Jacqueline Johnson. Everything we talk about on today's episode can be found in the show notes. For more from The Stacks, follow us on social media at The Stacks Pod on Instagram and at The Stacks Pod underscore on Twitter, and check out our website, TheStaxPodcast.com. To join The Stacks Pack and get inside access to the show, go to patreon.com The Stacks. Remember to get your book recommendations read on air by sending us an email and asking The snacks at gmail.com. Make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you got your podcasts. And if you're listening through Apple podcasts, please rate and review the show. Our graphic designer is Robin McCrite and our theme music is from Tagirages. This show was created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas, and I will see you in the snacks.